0: Welcome into LA Utah State. This is a podcast that primarily focuses on uh, soccer, mostly Real Salt Lake of Major League Soccer. Uh, today we'll be recapping the game against Seattle Sounders, a uh, 1-0 loss for Real Salt Lake. That's up next on Olay Utah State. I am Nick Romano. I am your bloodline. This is Hey, this is Yami Zanonave. This is Kyle Beckerman and you're listening to Only Utah State. Welcome back in, guys. Let's talk about this game. Um, not what we were hoping for coming off of a win, but not as horrible as it could have been, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is how I would describe it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one one thing that they kept, I guess, towards the end of the game when it was more evident that we were going to, you know, there was no way we could win. But they were basically saying that RSL has lost seven consecutive at CenturyLink Field. So that's yeah. kind of a... And you know, think because that went. I mean, that goes clear back. You know, so definitely not something that a coach is, you know,
0: solely responsible for. Obviously, playing at Century Link Field has been challenging all along. Yeah, well, I mean, it, there was another interesting fact that they said of that their average attendance, which is like forty-two thousand or something, is number eight in or number two in the Americas. So, in North, Central, and South America. Okay. Uh, number two on average. And then it was, like, number 20, 28, something like that. It was in the 20s in the huh. world of average attendance. So, I mean, that's pretty remarkable thinking about the MLS and how many other leagues there are in the world. Yeah. Um, and playing with that many fans has got to be hard, that, mm-hmm. that noise and that atmosphere. Also playing on turf. Um, yeah. Whatever it is, psychological or, you know, just how different it is with the ball, uh, that's – something that always has affected RSL I think it affects most teams that play on natural surface you know the majority of their season when they go in and play on a on an artificial surface it kind of screws with them a little bit and I don't know if that's the thing with RSL or not but it's an artificial surface and <laughs> another loss for <laughs> for RSL so yeah. I guess we'll chalk it up to that maybe I don't know <laughs> we didn't play great in the first half that's for sure
1: Yeah, I think that's been the biggest talking point. Just, you know, Brian Dunseth talking as he was commentating on the game and and then just looking at Reddit and seeing everybody's reaction there and just kind of the general feel as we were watching the game is just kind of this interesting tactic that Pecky obviously had going forward um, that in the first half they were going to play defense and that's, you know, and he didn't really say in his post-game interview what that specifically was for although he seemed fairly happy. I mean, he he said it was, you know, he, they followed the plan like they had talked about. I mean, he says, obviously, other than the goal. But other than that, he's like, we, we did exactly what I wanted us to do. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think about that tactic, something that I know I said, like, this is weird for RSL to be, you know, playing that parking the bus mentality where we were just sitting back, letting Seattle attack, 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 and... You know, I, I think I remember actually saying to you, Brandon, that, uh, you know, we let somebody like Seattle just sit there and attack on us for a half, and they're going to score eventually. And this is before we got scored on. So I don't know. Even even Dunny had said on the commentary that he's like, well, it can't say it wasn't coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: It's for sure. I, I mean, I don't know what it was either, but my guess is since we've been giving up goals so early in games and we're always fighting to come back, I think maybe. At least from my like perspective of it, I think you know trying to get to half level was probably what he was wanting. So then it's only forty five minutes that we need to play a good attacking style. I don't know. I don't know what it was. They ended up giving that goal up, and it kind of sucks that they gave it up. But it wasn't in the first fifteen minutes, which I was happy about to not give a goal up in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it sucked. I don't like seeing that um, parking the bus, just absorbing attacks and defending it's not what i like to watch from rsl but it it was effective for uh, for a period but i don't think it was that effective if that makes yeah. sense like they were doing what it, it needed to do but it didn't look good doing it they weren't like it, they still had really good chances I think Yeah, it was 14 shots on goal yeah in the first half
1: i think someone uh or something on, like that yeah on reddit they were talking about how You know, there was a couple or, you know, the one they scored on unlucky deflection off our player. But at the same time, they had a lot of chances that we were lucky not to be scored on. I mean, there was that cross early into Clint Dempsey, who I know, uh, again, on the commentary, they said, you know, 99 percent of the time he's going to put that in and he didn't get to it. There's a couple with Zach Morris um, that should have been goals, I, I think. And I don't know. Kind of interesting. But again, with that. If you're going to play that parking the bus t- uh, mentality, you're going to, you know, absorb a lot of shots like that. And you just – it's basically putting all your faith in your defense and your goalie saying that we can stop you even if you're just attacking. And we did for a long time. At least, well, considering those lucky ones that didn't go in for us.
0: But um, yeah. so we I had no was,
1: offensive presence, though. Yeah,
0: 14 shots. Not 14 on goal. 14 shots in the first half to our one. Yeah. And it wasn't on goal in nope. the first half. The first half was just atrocious, uh, atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. English, man. English. Gosh. Um, it, it didn't look good. It, I, we were playing that defensive mentality and it, I, I like Shuler and Mond in the middle. I think that's finally getting some stability to it yeah. and they're working well dunk on the outside and, um, Schmidt on the outside. It was not a good look to have on the outsides. Yeah. Um, Schmidt wasn't as scary as Dunk was, but Schmidt looked very uncomfortable as well being out there and not quite knowing what to do and and playing with the ball a little bit too much at times. And maybe if – I mean, I don't know. It seemed like the whole game Seattle realized how bad Dunk was playing and they (laughs) just went at him, like, down that side because it was just like they knew they could beat him or they knew, you know, he would mess up eventually. It was just – I don't want to give up hope on the guy. I hope I hope he can you know become a better player and become a starting eleven player for RSL in the future. Right. Uh, but right now is definitely not that time. Maybe he needs to go get some more minutes with uh, Monarchs and and get some some professional playing time down there. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what would help him to to gain that experience. But it, it wasn't good enough today. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that's something that's was pretty obvious from the game today. Is he was not good enough to you know I I don't know he made a lot of mistakes and made it pretty scary for RSL at times and then I don't know I, I guess it was kind of a mixture of things I you know I I think it was one obviously we have injuries still that we're dealing with we have people gone for U20 World Cup and then um, you know of course with the three games in seven days or eight days you gotta you know rest some people so I, I think it was a mix of everything, and then, of course, then also addition to that is uh, Mike Pecky just experimenting with different people at different positions. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited for next week. Hopefully, I, I
0: guess, I don't know, are the Monarchs, when do the Monarchs play? At 7? 7, seven yes. Yeah. So they play tonight at 7, so just yeah, a little tonight bit Tonight, Saturday. recording now. Saturday 20th. at 7. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Tony's supposed to get minutes. He's supposed to play 45 minutes-ish. Yeah uh for monarchs if everything goes well then hopefully he'll be back to i don't know if he'll start next next weekend with our sell against philadelphia but at least be more into that rotation is yeah kind of what it, pecky made it seem like
1: yeah pecky just basically said he'll be up first election is what he said yeah oh Ho- if if everything goes well so hopefully that does and you know um again as much as we hit on chris winger it is nice to have him in his regular position that you know um, one of the backs and then of course if we can have tony back even for you know 45 minutes back there i mean that's more solid but i don't know i i thought today going in i guess the substitutions as i'm sitting here thinking about it i i think pecky made pretty good substitutions other you know your has been kind of i don't know I, he's in a sucky streak right now <laughs> yeah where he just i don't know and and i i guess the one problem i had with today with our offense I mean, I realize the first 45 minutes, like we were saying, we didn't have an offensive presence, but um, is this thing where we'll just bomb it downfield? I, You know, with Yura it's like I can almost understand because that's what Jura is supposed to do is we're supposed to be able to drop it over the top to him and he's supposed to control it. But when you have Jao Plata down there, and that, he's he's not going to be able to do that. I mean, he's outmatched. I, I think what their defender was like 6'4". Those yeah. playing on Plata, Plata's five three. Yeah, five three. So, I mean, you're just not gonna get an over the top ball, uh, you know, to to Plata and expect Plata to to body up against this huge defender. So, that made me frustrated every time we did that. I was like, really, like we just gave away another possession, gave away another possession. I I don't know. That that's been the most frustrating thing, you know, is this long ball thing that we try. I
0: don't know. I agree. I I it was hard for me to see that. Uh, the only substitution I didn't like is I I thought Luis Silva was doing a great job up top, working his butt off and, and you know trying was a perfect no not at all. Mm. Uh, but I, I was hoping that that sub when Yura came on as he was going to come on for Plata, and actually have two guys of decent size up top, to you know be able to play both of them instead of switching out Luis, who has a little bit more size than than Plata does and have both of them up there instead of putting... I mean, I just haven't been that impressed with Jura lately, and so it was kind of like a letdown to have him come in. I don't know who else you bring in, uh, but to have him go up and then Plata, who, same, hasn't been impressing me a ton. Been playing better as of late, but ever since he kind of had that sit-down talk with Petkey about being late and, um, you know, just all of his troubles, I think he's he's been better. Uh, but it just it wasn't enough. I don't think he... He tried, he would hustle to the ball, but as soon as he lost it, he'd give up. There yeah. was no chance to try to get it back. And when the ball came over the top, he'd run towards it, but it wasn't like he was really trying as hard as he possibly could to get the ball. At least that's how I felt. So it was kind of yeah. – that was my one letdown with, with his subbing. But Sav- Savarino, Savarino yeah. uh, came in, huge spark, love, love what he's doing. He has a great presence. Um, and great sense of, of the field and can tell kind of where he needs to take the ball, where's a good place to play it. Very much like, um, Roosneck. Yeah. So those two in the midfield together, I think is lethal. And if maybe they would have had Luis Silva up top still, um, maybe those connections could have come a little bit more. I, I don't know. Just, I mean, it's just speculation. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure we'll see that at some point during the season because our mm-hmm. injuries seem to never end. So we'll see that maybe that that uh, possibility of all three of them working together on the field at once. Who knows? We'll see. But you know, yeah, disappointing loss, I guess. But yeah, I think I think it was better than we've had some performances in our last in our four the, previous losses.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I I think that we actually I don't know except for that first half again, and I I think that's just tactics on Pecky's part, and so I. I don't know. I, I don't want to go out and say that, like, we were just horribly played. I don't know if, if – because, like I said, if you guys go listen to the post-game interview um, or if you listen to it already, I mean, Pecky was pretty positive and pretty happy about the performance. So, I, I don't know if they just played the way he that he coached them to, I mean, in the short week or – I don't really know. But I felt like we had some good chances and more – you know, it's more now just about finishing, like we've had problems with all season. Is just put you know finally getting the ball of the back in that, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard and and it's I guess uh, as we were watching me and Brand here we I was uh, both of us were yelling at the TV at different points, <laughs> you know, um, trying to coach these guys from Utah, <laughs> and uh, there was just a lot of times where we're just like shoot the ball, shoot the ball, come on shoot the ball, and uh, you know that's been a. That's been frustrating, is especially I noticed it a lot with Plata today, where he'd get the ball and it's like, okay, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And then, you know, with the MLS, if you get some daylight, it's only, you know, maybe a second or two before they close down again. So it's like, you know, I don't know. I I was almost about to freak out when uh, Kyle Beckerman shot his, and I uh, it made me get on the edge of my seat. I, I really... I'm still banking on that Beckerman shot or uh, Beckerman Becker bomb. Holy Becker cow! Bomb, but I don't know. I I don't know. Our offense definitely needs some work on finishing our chances that we create, and Euro's got to do something. I I don't know. I I don't know it. Like if Pecky, what he what he's gonna do? If he's gonna, I I know some people were. Saying that he should be benched for a game or two to maybe start a fire under him or something. And I and I you know, I think today obviously he didn't start, but he you know, maybe he chalks that up to oh I'm just being rested because it's a short week. So uh I don't know. Something's yeah. gotta happen though.
0: I, I was hoping with him not starting and then him coming off the bench. I figured he would. We usually do one kind of a forward attacking sub. Seems under Petkey every game. So I was kind of hoping that not starting would light that fire under him and it would make him realize, you know, okay, I'm not, you know, guaranteed a spot just because I'm making the most out of anybody on this team. And it, the hustle, I think, was there at times, but it still wasn't that fire that we're used to seeing with your, uh, of, you know, that physical presence attacking and trying to get the ball no matter what. And, and so it was just, I don't know, it was a little disappointing. Hopefully he can. I don't. I don't know. I agree with with what I've heard from social media. Maybe maybe benching him. Maybe, you know, just having Petkey have a heart to heart sit down with him and just. I I don't know what it, what it's gonna take to make him realize what he's not doing or what he had been doing previously that he's not doing. I I don't know. Hopefully uh, he'll find that soon though. I I feel like we've been talking about this for two two or three weeks now. Yeah. with your uh and I'm gonna keep hoping and praying that you know this this uh streaky player will get off of this bad streak and and uh you know start start shooting but yeah there uh, there was just so many times that I felt like we should have shot the freaking ball yeah like I I get it we're not gonna score a ton of goals by shooting them from outside the box but there was just so many times that Plata or Luis Silva or Rusnak or Savrino or Beckerman could have just taken a shot, had it have enough power but accuracy, and could have scored or gotten a rebound and had you know guys crash in the goal. Right f- for a rebound coming off of Stefan Fry, and it just wasn't mm-hmm. happening. And so, yeah,
1: I, and I, it seemed like even the shots we got on goal were always right at Stefan Fry. Yeah, they
0: were just they, like they weren't good enough. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, they, they've been practicing a lot lately. I mean, the practices I've been to, we've been to uh, shooting drills and, you know, getting shots on goal. And I've seen some some killer shots from all the guys on the field. Yeah. Uh, in training. And so I know they can do it. I, I don't know what's not translating for them um, from the training field into into uh, game time but i I think if we can continue this like we were playing in the second half with a little bit more possession, working that ball around, getting those opportunities, if we can do that with a bigger attacking presence besides just two guys and get some of those shots on there. I think that's where Yura is gonna be the best. When we can get other guys shooting the ball, Yura can be in the ball in the box with his back to goal or you know facing the goal and getting a rebound, being able to body guys off. And get that rebound shot and put it in the back of the net. Yeah, I think that's what what Yura can do. I, I don't know how to translate that. I'm not Mike Petke. I, I I've never coached a game in my life, so I I don't know where where you go or tactically how you address that. But I don't know. Just an interesting thought I've I've had of watching the past couple games of you know just trying to get some shots and get some rebounds. I just remember always my coach when I was playing was always just yelling at us. Well, not so much yelling, but encouraging <laughs> us to crash the goal. Yeah, and you know, be there for those rebounds. Because there was a couple times that when Stefan Fry didn't get uh, a clean, a clean save on him, and you know, if we were there right away to jump on it, maybe we could have made something out of it. But uh, overall, the game just kind of not not horrible. I'm not like in a horrible mood. I'm not in like a, a happy mood. I guess I'm just kind of content with it. It wasn't. Yeah, I didn't feel like we dropped down at all in 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 I don't know point tally points or I don't know how you describe it right overall quality uh but we definitely didn't go up either so I don't know that's I guess my thoughts but what do you think Sean
1: I don't know I I think there was some places that like you say we stayed the same um and then on offense I I thought there was some some things that were improved but again I don't know obviously not good enough I I think that we need to work on some <laughs> I don't know j- like basically just getting the ball in the back of the net. because I, I feel like we are improving on all these other things and I, I maybe that's what it is maybe you have to start with all these other things first before the ball you know and maybe the the goals will come if you work on these things I don't know yeah. I guess that's for Mike Pecky to decide right but I think I can agree with you that I, I feel like we didn't really move up or down. I, I think with the negatives that were there and then the, the positives that were there, um, I feel like we're at the same. I, I don't I don't know. It'll be interesting now that the guys have a week, you know, a normal week to see how we perform next week against Philadelphia, who's, who's going to be a challenge as well. I mean, they, they went on kind of a little five-game run. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um but I guess we'll, uh, before we dive into our defensive analysis, <laughs> um, we'll kind of jump out to a break. And I, I did want to take this time real fast to uh, thank everyone again for listening, taking the time to listen to our show and um, supporting us in this and everything. And I, I uh, do want to point out that we do try to comment back to anybody's comments that they leave. Um, mostly this is on Reddit, uh, but we'd love to have any comments from Twitter or Facebook or you know whatever you want to contact us on. But this week, um, a Reddit user by the name of Bouncy Buddha commented at us because if you didn't listen to our last episode, uh, it was obviously the recap of New York City, and Yura got subbed off about halfway through the game, and we weren't really sure why. Um, you know, he said it was a head injury, and and neither of us saw what the head injury was. Um, anyway, Bouncing Buddha on Reddit, he kind of was like, "Hey, I love listening to the show, but..." How'd you guys not miss him getting hit in the face? And I honestly don't know. I Neither of us saw. And we sit at different different sides of the field. And um, I'll be honest, like I said, I was in the comment. I, was like, I spent a good amount of time putting on a poncho. So maybe that was when I didn't see it. One I don't size know.
0: fits all poncho for Sean, who's a bigger guy. So that was probably a bit of a challenge. It for me. was.
1: It was a big challenge. I think I ripped it, actually, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, no, we always appreciate any of the comments you guys give and we always love hearing from you. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to, to that Reddit user for letting us know that we're blind as a bat and can't see, you know, or deaf too. I guess he said that, uh, basically having his year, got hit in the face of the ball and, uh, he said, I'm pretty sure the upper deck could hear it. So, uh, but apparently I don't know we just were, what
0: I was paying attention to or not, but
1: yeah, I don't know, I, I really am not sure exactly what was happening, but anyway, uh, when we come back we're going to talk about our the defensive performance that we had tonight, uh, Nick Armando with another Nick Armando esque performance, and then something we haven't done for a couple episodes is uh, Little Utah State Man of the Match, we'll go over that coming up next on Only Utah State. I spent months looking for an affordable laptop. As you know I'm a student and don't have a lot of extra cash lying around. I just wanted a laptop that was reliable and a business that stood by their product. And that's exactly what I found with Affordable Laptops, located at 12125 South Redwood Road, Riverton, Utah. Here you find a trustworthy team that is there to help you get the laptop that you need. By the name, you might guess they are affordable, and they really are. Affordable Laptops is truly the home of the $99 laptop. Stop by and let them know that Olay, Utah State is you. Go get your laptop today, and visit them on Facebook, found at Affordable
0: Laptops. Alright, welcome back into Olay, Utah State. Uh, let's talk a little bit about defense, I guess. We talked some, but I guess I kind of want to lead it off with uh, Nick Romano because, I mean, he he is our defense most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah. And his 22nd uh, penalty save of his career out of 80 attempts on him, it's a uh, 27.5% save rate. Pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Like, I, I, I thought it was – I, I don't know. I had to do the math on it because I, <laughs> I, I was say I knew it was over twenty percent, but twenty seven and a half percent. That's um pretty amazing. Like I, I don't know the average save rate for for keepers, but I doubt it's anywhere close to that. I'm sure it's more like you know maybe in the high teens, but not high twenties. Yeah. And came against Dempsey, which makes it even better. Um, love it when we're able to kind of. Get under <laughs> his skin. And
1: yeah. Uh, and I, I know Nick saved penalties against him before. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh. In, in An impressive stat. I mean, if you guys didn't already hear, I know RSL's kind of put this out a bunch already on Facebook, but he did just get the record for most saves. And um, so, I mean, just, but the thing is, is he's not really, I mean, other than RSL fans, but around the league, he's not known for all those records. Maybe the shutout record, but he he's known for his PK stops. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I mean I don't know, Brand. You were a striker. Was there ever a goalie that maybe I don't know? I guess it's kind of hard. Was there ever a goalie though that like, maybe had a a knack for stopping PKs, or maybe even just a goalie that got into your head when you stepped up to
0: take PKs? I I don't know. I I wasn't you know I wasn't the one who usually took PKs. Oh I see. I just I don't know what it was. I never was. I. I mean, I was, I was decent at him but never great at him, so I let other people take him because I'd rather have the gold and the glory with it, I guess. Um, but I don't remember specifically. I remember I mean, when I played club, we would see a lot of the same teams over and over and over again um, in tournaments and then league play and whatnot. But I don't remember any keepers that I I had that kind of like a rapport with that I knew, you know, okay, mm-hmm. if we got a penalty, this is, this is going to be a tough one. Um I I think that's probably due to the age we were at too just cuz Yeah. I mean, Nick Romano's professional and he's had many years to to hone his skills and we were just youth playing, you know, right. still. So. Uh but there was, I mean, there was definitely players that you you knew from from playing in were like, "Okay, this is a good keeper or they have a good defense or you know, different things like that." But I, I mean, I'm sure people in the league I mean, Nick's played with quite a few people, if you think about the league. I mean, he's played with, you know, uh, the Mutiny. He was was his original team, then with DC and RSL, New York for, no, went to New York, but didn't ever play with him. Yeah. Came back to RSL. So, I mean, and all the players that have been through RSL. So, he's well known through the league as a teammate and as a friend, but also, especially for being a goalkeeper that uh, can get in your head and... Just for whatever reason, he he just can save those PKs, and it's just it's amazing.
1: Yeah, so. I mean,
0: I I just think I I watched
1: the um the, you know RSO will put out like a little episode every, I don't know like, <laughs> maybe a couple of seasons on a on a specific player, kind of a behind the scenes story to them, and so they did one of I think it was two years ago on on Nick Armando called Wild the Wasatch, and it's just like a ten minute video about kind of. His whole thing and how he's become this PK stopper, you know, and and all that. And it's kind of cool because it goes through all the PK saves that he's ever had. And um, anyway, I guess it was back in the the MLS Cup in 2009 when he really became the wall of the Wasatch when I believe he saved three out of the the five. So, I mean, definitely, I, I think in that too, they interviewed some other players as well. Um, I can't remember which one specifically, but I remember one of them saying that it's always hard to go up against Necromondo on a PK, and, you know, he does get in your head because he's saved so many, so it's, you know, I, I don't know if that's Clint Dempsey, usually he doesn't really show a lot of emotion ever, except for when he's pissed, but, uh, I mean, Wait, he's <laughs> he shows emotion when he's pissed? <laughs> well, I guess he'll just rip up ref's notebooks, <laughs> but... Yeah, (laughs) that's about the extent of his emotion (laughs) on the field, like at least on facial expressions. And so uh, anyway, I I don't know if when he stepped up to take that PK, if he was, you know, kind of, you know, Nick was in his head a little bit. I know Nick sometimes will do some stuff like he'll say if there's a player that stutters or like stutter steps right before he'll like do it, like he'll like mimic them before they kick so that it's kind of like he's saying, I know that you do this, like, so I know what you're going to do and. I don't know. It's always kind of interesting, that mind game. I I think there's that in all sports. There's like different mind games that people play, but you know, when it's in soccer, it's different because it's a one-on-one thing, you know? So it's, I don't know, (laughs) kind of interesting, but yeah, definitely a great PK and definitely a, definitely a PK on Schuler as well. There was no, there was no disputing it. I, I don't know. I haven't really seen anybody say that, but uh, it's never fun to have a PK called on you, but it, that was that was a PK.
0: Yeah, I, I agreed with the call. I it, even if I didn't want to. Yeah, exactly. I agreed with it, so it <laughs> kinda sucked. But
1: and then I don't know. I I guess you know Nick. Also, I mean the thing was is the PK wasn't even his highlight of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, that's true. That's I true. he had many other saves. Uh, I I believe they were saying like five or six saves yeah. that were you know, amazing saves, and here's Nick Armando doing it, playing and play out. And I, you know, going back to Mike Pecky's defensive first half, that wouldn't have worked had we not had Nick Armando.
0: Yeah, it's very true because, I mean, they kept bringing attack after attack, and uh, even with eight guys behind the ball, it it still didn't didn't matter. They were still getting shots on goal and still getting good attacks in. And so, yeah, I mean. Nick Romano played amazing tonight, and um, we didn't lose by more because of of Nick Romano. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the back line, eh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eh. Aaron Mon and um, Chris Schuler. I I right now are my preferred center back pairing, just because I think they have the most experience together and individually on the field. Yeah. Um, I really hope we can get some guys healthy to play on our wings back there, cause I can't, I can't do Reagan Dunk back there again. Yeah. Um, it, nice guy, nice kid, rookie. Uh, I don't want to talk too bad about him, but it just, it wasn't good enough. His <laughs> performance today was not good enough, and there's no way about it, no way around it, no way to. To, you know, yeah. Get past it. It's just we'll
1: we'll put it the nice professional way. He's the he's a developing
0: player. He's a developing player, and maybe <laughs> in a few years, yeah, yeah, he'll be more comfortable. I think he he's a center back by like that's his preferred position. So,
1: yeah. I mean, we can't all be Chris Winger. Right? Can't just play every position. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I. Uh, you know, I don't know. I. Gosh, the defense is just so hard right now to, I I don't know, I I don't know really what to think, and it's, it gets harder to analyze these things when we're switching up formations, like we are right now, and I don't know, I, it's so hard with Pecky too, because he doesn't, um, like he says, he doesn't like formations, so it's like, you never know what you're gonna get, I know, um, they were kind of an interesting talking point, I guess, and I know we're kind of going everywhere with this episode, but, uh, (laughs) they were saying that, uh the the well i'm trying to think i think it was dj that said it on there basically it was like i hope that one day our can be like fc dallas where they can come in and out of different formations and and have different guys in different roles and all that and which would be great i i don't know i does that happen very much in like the the better leagues in us like does does uh i don't know say chelsea come out with a different formation based on who they're playing or is it essentially the same formation every weekend week out
0: Uh, it's usually the same formations usually the teams will play you know i mean every once in a while get switched up but it'll just be another like tweak of the same formation they won't do a full you know four four two to four three three or four two four four two to like a four one two three one yeah i mean they won't change it like drastically. So I mean yeah they can change their formations a little bit but nothing drastic and usually their style of play is still the same so it doesn't the formation doesn't really it might change in the numbers of it but it does, doesn't change in the style of play and I think that's where the MLS is a little bit different is that as much as we'd love to have every team have a style of play and have them kind of stick to that and be more more like some of the European clubs it doesn't happen all the time I mean when you go on the road and I mean I guess this isn't any league you go on the road you're kind of hoping to defend and and encounter and I guess that's kind of the normal but I think that's even more so in in the MLS and so I don't know I don't think the formation changes that much but it'd be nice to have our guys be able to play a few different formations and you know have that kind of like FC Dallas does because they do they'll they'll play different formations depending on what personnel they have available and you know, I mean, it's the same thing. Their their style of play and their their way they go about the play is the same. It just players are in a little bit of different spots on the field. Yeah, and I think we'll get there under Petkey. It's just it's hard. There's there's so much that that you teach a team and you the the players learn in a preseason and in an off season with a coach that it's kind of hard. To have Petke come in after having a full off-season set with another coach, and have him come in and try to change everything around, he's got to kind of build what he can with what he has, and what the players are used to, without forcing them to do something totally different. Um, and I think that's what it is: is he's trying to change the style of play, which is not something that you can fix overnight. It's all about team chemistry. And changing the mindset of each player individually, to become more of a collective whole, and I think that's coming. But it's not, not anywhere close to a finished product with with what Petkey wants to do. So yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh, I I think uh, actually someone on Reddit, uh, I'm trying to see his name here, Iron Deep Bicycle. That's uh, his username. It has the BYU logo, so I'm a little eh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, no, he, uh, he was basically saying, he he said a lot of stuff, but at the end he said, I feel like this is kind of an extended preseason where we're, we're finding out what works and what doesn't and, and Pecky's making little tweaks here and there. But in realization, we're just dropping a lot of points is basically how he put it. And so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, it's hard because it's like, you know, when I first started getting into RSL back in high school, it was like people... Like not people, teams knew us because of the diamond, right? And and people had to f- come t- prepared to play the diamond formation for RSL, and that was what we were known for. And Jason Christ and everything. And I, I guess I I realize that we can't have that. We like we can't have that now. Uh, you know, it's a different era, different players, everything. The leagues changed, all that. It just it's hard for me to say like. I don't know, it's kind of like that thing of, do you mold to your team? Like, do you mold to your opponents or do your opponents mold to you? And so for me, it's hard to say, like, I want to be this team that just flip-flops everywhere depending on who we're playing because, I don't know, I guess to me it shows, like, a lack of strength as a team, I guess. Like, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. I, I come from, a you know, a different background of sports. You know, I played football and basketball and... <laughs> So I don't know and maybe in soccer it's different. I maybe there's a lot of people out there who disagree with me. I it's just my initial reaction is like I'd rather I'd rather someone say oh man we got to play RSL that runs this 4-3-3 and how are we going to deal with their 4-3-3 or whatever. You know you th- I I know that I guess these two aren't comparable. We look at like Barcelona and Madrid like they don't change theirs. Like people have to form their team to counteract what those two teams are doing you know and obviously Real Salt Lake is not Real Madrid or Barcelona but I guess it's just the point that I don't know it'd be nice to have something solid that other opponents have to prepare for us instead of us molding
0: to whatever they are I, I guess I don't know yeah I get what you're saying and I think I think we're in the trans transformation s- transforming stage yeah. of getting there Like like, like I said um it is i mean everything's just changing right now we pecky's trying to figure out what's going on he you know trying to figure out what he he wants to run what he thinks is going to personally be the best fit for the players he has and then figuring out how to implement that and uh, i have faith in him i think it'll it'll come eventually i don't think it's it's an overnight fix but um the second half was much better, I felt like. I think we we were able to control the ball a little bit more, um, have some more attacking presence, and be able to get some more uh, actually threatening chances. And I, I hope that's kind of... I mean, we've seen sparks of it since PetKey took over. I mean, with yeah. the three, three wins we've had under PetKey and the five losses we've had, it, throughout all of that, we've seen sparks of... Okay, this is going to be really good. Okay, this looks really good. You know, those different pieces. And it's just going to take some time for the whole team to gel together to play under this same kind of idea and format. And I think that's why RSL was so good back back with, under Jason Kreiss and why it was that way is everyone bought into that ideal. Everyone bought into that the team is the star and that we play this diamond formation. And, you know, it wasn't so much we had all these players that were from different er areas of the world that that played different systems, that were used to different things. Everyone that they brought in was brought in to fit into RSL's purpose of the team as the star. And I think it's still, right now, and even since Jason left and Kassar took over, I don't think RSL's had an identity like that since then. No, Um, I think that Kassar in his first season kind of kept that team as the star identity and tried to use that. And and it worked. But then he kind of started tweaking things. And that's where we kind of lost that. And I don't think we have that identity yet under Petkey. Um, I I see him being uh, the coach that can bring that identity back to whatever he believes it needs to be or whatever him and Craig Weibel and the coaching staff and Deloy Hansen want the the locker room and the club to be. Uh, It's just, it's going to take some time to get there. And I think, I think we'll get there. Is it this season? I don't know. I hope so. I hope we can turn things around. (laughs) I mean, Seattle had a horrible beginning of the season last year and, you know, I think it was mid June, maybe July. They fired Ziggy Ziggy Schmidt and, um, you know, then they went on a tear and were able to get into the playoffs and, you know, fight back uh, from being a lower seed to, end up winning the MLS cup. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I guarantee ourselves going to win the cup, but I think, I think we have the pieces that if everyone can buy in and we can figure out what, what we're going to, what style we're going to play. Mhm. I think it's still possible. I, I still have faith. I still yeah. have faith that we can do, we can do the impossible. Um, whether that's silly or not, I don't know. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that I, – I feel like that's how most RSL fans are. And I, I got to thinking this kind of um, just throughout the week and kind of as we've been doing these analyses week in and week out on mostly it comes down to Pecky and what he's doing. And before that it was Jeff Cassar and everything. And, it you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, not – I guess this isn't – I don't want to come off as a negative. This isn't a negative thing. It's just something I've noticed is that RSL's uh, – like our the RSL family, that's a hard group to coach for and to play for because there's high expectations. I, I know Deloitte Hansen says he has high expectations, but, man, if you get on Reddit for a few days, like, you know, after a game, I mean, there's high expectations, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just something that, you know, every little movie you do is under, under, you know, criticism, which is how, you know, Jeff Kassar even told us that on our phone interview that, you know, there's critics of everything you do and, and everything. And so I think Becky's doing it pretty well, handling it um pretty well and obviously at new york i'm sure it was a very similar situation but i just feel like rsl fans have very high expectations and when things aren't going the way that they want it to they they're not afraid to show their displeasement with it <laughs> which is great i i think that's something unique that rsl has but i guess we'll end this episode with uh our oleita state man of the match i know we haven't done this for a few weeks we uh have fallen into this thing where we're driving home from the game and we talk about who he thinks man of the match and then we forget that we've haven't talked about it on here. So <laughs> uh we haven't talked about this yet. So this is kind of coming first up. I I guess uh i love doing this cuz I get to let Brandon go first on uh his uh Olay to state man of the match. I don't know who who would you give it to? Uh actually I think I already know. I I think we're going to be in consensus on this one to be honest.
0: Yeah, you, you think? Yeah. Uh, uh. I don't know who else to go with besides Nick Ramondo. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, Rusnik played well. I think Savarino played well. Um, and I think they they had good games. Even though we lost, I, I, I'd have to give it to Nick because he, he stopped a penalty. He had many, many good saves that kept us in the game. And I felt like we could at any point in that game until the 90th minute. Um still score in and, and bring a point back to Salt Lake and I, I benefit or I I I blend, I don't know what the right word is I I give credit for that I guess to Nick Romano. So Nick Romano is my ole Utah state man of the match.
1: Yeah, definitely I I think that's the the no-brainer one. I I don't know, you know, on the I don't know who else it would be who I'd give it to because I thought there was mistakes all around maybe you know, I, I thought Kyle had a pretty decent game of, you know, he's just been, you know, going around, <laughs> intercepting different passes and, you know, being that old – or I guess the younger old Kyle Beckerman <laughs> uh, that w- that we've wanted to see. And then Rusnik, also a great player, and so But, you know, the one guy that I felt like this match made a difference was Nick Armando because we, you know, honestly – we have a a typical m l s goalkeeper in, and we may lose that game three zero four zero um but because we had Nick back in goal, we end up you know losing but only losing one zero instead of like i said three or four zero so yeah, that's my l a two state man of the match um anyway that, I guess that concludes this episode of LA aitas state again, thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us and uh if you have any comments or questions or things that we've missed, because Lord knows we're not perfect, uh <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are. Uh if there's something we said that you disagreed with or maybe in the rare case that you agree with us, let us know and uh we'll be happy to do that.
0: <laughs> Alright. Cheers guys. I am Nick from London. I am your brother. This is Europe Hey, this is Jami Sanonabe. This is Kyle Beckerman and you're listening to only Utah
1: State.